Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. We're in a new month here of September. God, 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 we got here after all that we've gone through since March in this nation and, and of course, uh, in, this, in this world. So I'm happy to be here. We have a, a new show here, something really, really quite new, okay? This is going to be episode number 143, and we're going to entitle this The Art of, the, of This Podcast. Behind the broadcast, I know it always have a ring to it. I, but you know, that's all I can really come up with with this because it really does speak exactly to what I'm trying to talk about. And in the end, that's what what the title should do, even if it doesn't always have a poetic ring to it. (laughs) Oops, it's going to happen sometimes, even to me. Now, I had a number of inquiries over this even the past month, uh, partly because. Uh, the show has gotten picked up by a few other networks, including Spotify, which is a, a, a huge platform for music for quite some years now. But now it's starting to accept and, and put out their um, podcasts. And they finally accepted me about a week and a half ago, which is uh, not only exciting because their platform is really wonderful. It sounds so much more powerful than some of the other platforms. And, and it really has a, a wonderful organized setup on, on the internet, especially when you look at it through your, uh, your mobile device. They really do a, a tremendous job on that. All my art, everything comes out nicely. You don't have to do very much, but uh, just simply sign up for it free. Just simply your email and everything. That's all you got to do. And you can listen to every show and, you know, in the entire catalog if you'd like. Okay. But with the new platforms and, and with the, uh, the new exposure, it brings more people. And uh, sometimes we get questions that are not necessarily literary. And, and I'll try to address some of them whenever it's really possible. I mean, you know, if you're going to ask me about, you know, zoology or something, I'm, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to give you too many answers on that. We're really not that kind of a show, okay? Unless it's about a book of animals, then maybe, maybe. But um, in this particular case, I, I gathered a few together. You know, just sort of like I, I do with the shows where sometimes I'll, I'll package them in a certain theme that can be useful for people to listen to because maybe that's only part of the show that they really uh, are fond of. And that, that's fine. You, you can't expect everybody to be interested in every episode or every single thing you're talking about. That's not very realistic. And I'm all right with that, okay? Uh, but I liked I liked these questions because they, they were aimed at about how you put together the show. And... I found it interesting that, wow, I wouldn't mind talking about that, especially with an audience that's mostly literary people, many who don't do a a podcast or even thinking about doing one, mainly because maybe we can do a great job on on doing some contrast on a creative basis about what goes into putting this together versus doing a poem or a fiction piece or nonfiction or, you know, something along that line. Because I still feel that the show 
you know, is an artistic endeavor. It's just entirely different than anything else I do because it's not written per se, you know. But um, also, there are times where it doesn't feel so artistic. Sometimes it feels like I, I have a personal touch to it. I mean, occasionally I might even have some social commentary. I, I try to stay away from that, you know, purposely as much as I possibly can. I do want to keep it artistic and literary as much as that possible. But I understand that sometimes some things are going to intersect. That's just the way it is. It's not on purpose. You know, let me throw a political comment in there now every so often so you know, to try to be clever. Believe me or not, I'm not actually thinking that way or even attempting to do that. So if anything else that comes up, it's really just from the, uh, you know, um, the collision of some of the things we talk about. There's a natural result of that. And, or other times it's simply, you know, out of the blue just because maybe I'm trying to make a point and that was the best way I thought to make it at the time. So, you know, you can ignore it, you can forgive it, or you can get mad about it. Uh, believe me, all three has already happened. So I'm used to it, okay? But I like the idea. So hopefully this is not a show that's going to bore you too terribly or anything because God knows I'm not trying to do that. But I thought it was interesting because uh, I hadn't really given it any serious thought for a while. I just went about doing the show, trying to focus on some of the literary things, seeing if I can help improve the way people look at things, the way people handle things, maybe even the way they write things, the way they submit things, all of those sort of things. Whether it's to me and my artistic journal or real chart or to an agent or a publisher or whatever. You know, and of course we talked about screenplays and plays as well, so that's how I've been looking at it for all this time until this sort of took me back to, yeah, I should probably talk a little bit about that because, yes, um, I approach the show is an entirely different way than another podcaster would. And, and, and that really makes a difference in terms of what I do and what other people do. So I, I think it would be interesting to, to go into this direction, okay? All right, so let's, let's go with um, the, uh, the first question over here. Uh, how do you come up with such interesting titles? All right, well, I appreciate that. Um, I'm thinking that this um, this emailer, you know, probably hasn't read anything about, you know, uh, my article on titles and how I think they're important in writing and even how I personally go about creating titles where, uh, and I think I've said this before, but we'll say it for the record on, on this particular show in writing almost all the time with a few exceptions. Um I already had a thought that I want to put together, whether it be a poem or fiction piece or nonfiction or whatever, even a play. And when I have that thought put together, I find myself better guided by already having a fully formed title that I'm really feeling comfortable about. It's rare that I don't have one. It's rare that I don't have one that's ready to go and that I never change. Those two things for me are very rare. Usually when I'm set with it, it helps guide me the rest of the way. It's something that I can always look back on as I'm writing the thing, no matter what thing it is, and it helped me steer in that right direction because it, it gives you a good idea about what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to do. I'm not one of the, I'm not one of those writers that are really obscure or avant-garde, which is hilarious because you know I'm one of those John Ashbery fans that likes all that crazy avant-garde stuff. I really do. I, I love it on the paper. I love what he does. He's one of the people I feel that's uh, over. Um, not overexposed. It should be overexposed, maybe. Certainly underrated. But uh, I, that's one of my favorite poets, actually. But I don't write that way. I just love seeing it. I love reading it. I can't write that way. It's just not the way I think. And that's just the way that is. So, um, 
the title situation, especially on the writing, is simply that it's a good signpost to help me out. We all have to figure out in our own way how we want to get across certain things, whether they be rituals or artistic devices or anything that we help invent for ourselves that helps us get some way. You really can't do something that somebody else is doing. You'll find it very difficult and maybe even uncomfortable. I mean, I'm sure it happens every so often that somebody can transfer what they heard and they can adopt and do it. That's great. I'm not against it at all. I tell you everything I do, if you want to go do it yourself, doesn't bother me. That'd be wonderful. If you don't, doesn't bother me either. I think really you need to find your own way. And that's what I preach because that's what I actually do. So the ironic thing about the question about, well, how do you come up with interesting titles with the uh, podcast is really simple. I don't really um, because oftentimes what happens, it's nearly the opposite of what I do in writing. Where in writing, I'm coming up with it first because I already have some sort of a real strong notion of what I'm going to do. Well, it's different with the podcast. Even though I have to have a strong notion of what I'm going to do, I can't do a show from the beginning to end and I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. Okay? I'm not a genius here. I'm not some brilliant broadcaster. Okay? I'm just a writer guy that, that's on his show trying to do his best to help people out. That's, that's always been the truth. So uh, whether people look down on that or look up to that, I don't know what direction you should go. It's obviously your own personal choice. But I find like most things in life, <laughs> the truth tends to be somewhere in the middle. I more times than not come up with the title after I'm done with the with the show's outline, which we'll talk about, you know, down the line on this show. Okay, so it's often something that's later on or maybe even last, which has happened before. I mean, I've actually uh, came up with a title after the show was recorded. So it, it happens as well. I don't mean to make it an afterthought. It just for my tick for my particular process and putting together the show. This is how I found that it works the best. Why? I'm not really sure. You have to find your own way when you do all of these things. I had to find my own way when I'm doing the podcast. Because I am still trying to filter the, uh, I guess you could say the hosting techniques, if you want to call those. And still make them relevant to the, to the writing and relevant to the literary things I want to talk about. Relevant to the arts. But of course, even more important than all of those is, is how do I make it relevant to me? That I want to keep coming back to it. Because remember, that's what all of those things are about. The uh, creative devices you come up with, your habits, uh, your rituals, all of those things you want to call those. That's what those are. In the end, they're places you can hang your hat on. They're places that help you make it easy to come back to that pen and paper or to that typewriter or to that keyboard or to that word processor or you know, to this whole ensemble of a studio that I created to do a podcast. That's what allows me to do uh, episode 143. Remember, I started in the very beginning of the January of 2019. So that's how I figured it out. So that's what I, that's what I do. All right, next. Do you really speak from the top of your head or off the cuff? All right, and it's a, it's a very good question, okay? Yes and no. And what I mean by that is that, yeah, there's plenty of times in the show that that happens. Uh, because either I'm responding to something else I had mentioned already, or maybe I'm responding some some story or some thought that somebody else had put out there, and now things will come off the of the cuff. Or sometimes just because I'm I'm a person that 
I don't mind speaking. I, I don't know how you could be introverted or shy or, or, or more reserved and do any kind of a show at all, particularly the kind of show that, we're at, that I'm doing over here where people are listening, people are learning. Sometimes people are getting upset or even annoyed. You know, sometimes they hate you. You're going you're gonna to elicit all of that, whether you intend to or not. That's just the way it is. That's the kind of world we live in now more than any before. You know, my, my friend, um, you know, um, Michelle over there um, in, in Canada, I mean, he, he said it best. You know, he says, I'm not sure if I'm doing my job as a writer, if I'm not getting a couple people mad at me now and then. And he's not saying it in a way of I'm sitting here trying to get people mad. He just understands that it's a bad idea to censor yourself. It's a bad idea to pull your own punches because you, you want to keep everybody happy. I mean, that's a politician. That's not an artist and that's not a writer. And we need to understand that there's a huge difference. He does. God bless him. That guy over there. I mean, sometimes he's my conscience. I, think, I know sometimes he thinks I'm his conscience, but I think the other way around, actually. He's a hell, he's a hell of a writer and, and, and a hell of a thinker, and and definitely a, a brave person, especially up there in a, in Canada, where um, this is not to make fun of anybody from Canada, but they're not like Americans where they can be a little bit more boisterous or loud or even more candid. I mean, I think it's fair to say that the average Canadian is a little bit more reserved compared to the average American, and that's how I mean that. And that's really how I, I think that because that's been my experiences uh, with Canadians throughout my life and even when I served in the military. And, and, and God bless them. You know, everybody has to be an American, okay? There's plenty of us. We don't, I don't know if we need any more. That's fine. Maybe we need some more Canadians in the world. And, that, and that's okay too. But uh, I always found him and, and what he does and, and the kind of man that he is, uh, he always seems to be more American to me than, than Canadian. Uh, hopefully that's not an offense to anybody out there. Just, just sort of how I feel. He's just, he has that, uh, he has that kind of swerve to him that that's 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 typically American. So God bless him, and that's really what goes on with putting together the show from that question. Do you really speak from the top of your head to a certain extent? But understand this, okay? Because really, what you're asking underneath the question is, is that you know, am I sitting over here with a couple of thoughts and and then just running through the whole show? And I'm not. Um, I I strictly work. For written outline, okay? I don't work from a script, as you could probably tell. If you haven't been able to tell already, I, I, I probably one of the few things that, that people have not accused me of yet. I haven't been accused of murder, and I haven't been accused of rape, and I haven't been accused of working from a script on this show. Just about everything else, though, but that, okay? Um, it really wouldn't be possible. It's against my whole idea and ethics about uh, being authentic and, and being as original as you can. And, of course, being to a certain extent uh, spontaneous. But I know that when you're working for an outline, you really can't claim a whole pure spontaneity. But you can claim some. And I do. Okay? Uh, so, a, a show is going to have a certain theme, a certain main thing I want to talk about. And I will literally outline it. And, again, this is another creative departure from what I normally do. Um, if I do a piece, a writing piece, where I feel it needs an outline, I only usually do it on nonfiction. I usually don't do it on fictional poetry or plays, although sometimes with plays, but not as much. But with nonfiction, I always have an outline because I, I have a, a certain precedence, a certain theme, a certain priority on things I want to do, and it needs to, to adhere to that. So I need the outline to help me you know, carry that out. And I found that with the podcast, it's absolutely necessary. But... um. 
where it concerns the writing, I do everything on the phone, uh, you know, w- with the notepad on the phone. But when it comes to the uh, the podcast, I can't do it on the phone. It just seems small and restrictive, and I don't like it, so I have an actual notepad where I actually outline the show. You know, it'll give me an idea of the number of the show, you know, a general idea of what the show is going to be about. It still might not be the, the official title, but it's a placeholder for then. And then also, um, it's an outline of what I'm going to talk about in the show. I might have three or four different points I want to make. There might even be a phrase or two in there possibly that I might have come over that I, that I like. But that's pretty much it. If I have it broken down in sections, I'll actually write those sections in the outline. So I can actually enunciate that when I, when I do the show. I'm going to do this, that, 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 and that. You know, sometimes I, that's necessary. Other times I can just freely go through the show just on some of the notes that I put down there in the outline and then speak between all those lines, so to speak. So that's pretty much how I do it for the show. So it's, I don't know if it sounds simple to you or complex. I, I don't know how this would sound on the other side of this microphone. I'm just being honest with what I do. It works for me. And uh, that's really the, the, the thing that counts here is that this is how you do things. Uh, when you want to shape your show in a different way than everybody else is doing, but also you're, you're an artist yourself, you're a writer yourself, and if you're ever going to become somebody that's going to do the podcast on any kind of regular basis, you damn well better have some kind of a plan, some kind of an idea about how you want to approach it. Because if you can't figure that out, you're going to be lost in the show. It's going to sound rambling and crazy and nonsensical. And, and who wants to stick around and listen to that? You know? And and I've been fortunate to have some of the same people that started with me on the show in January of 2019 to, to today. So I'm happy for that. I appreciate the loyalty. But that loyalty, when it is there, it's something that I've earned. It's not something that someone gave it to me for freely. And meaning that I earned it, meaning that I have to keep in mind that if I want people like that to stay around, you know, I need to keep doing what I'm doing, do it the way I feel is best, be honest, be authentic, try to be original, every so often maybe a little entertaining. If I could figure out how to do that, because I'm not really an entertainer. I'm not the funniest guy out there. Half the times, if you hear humor, it's just me being sarcastic or me being ironic or me just being an Italian guy from New Jersey. Some of that stuff just comes out naturally. But I, I don't really consider myself any kind of a humorist. you know. So uh, I put the show on the art and culture. I don't put it on the humor and entertainment. There's a reason for that, because that's not really who I am. And And if you did find it funny every so often... Uh, believe me, that's entirely by accident, okay? <laughs> Would be nice if I could do it more regularly because sometimes I even like to hear that, but hey, I can't. So we have to know our limitations, like Clint Eastwood said. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question over here, where do you get your ideas? Thank you. It's a very good question. Um, some, they're actually from various places, but I can give you a couple of this main sources, Okay. The first place I get a lot of my ideas from is from my uh, my journal area chart. If I see certain things going on, seeing something things that are submitted right or wrong, you know, some of my experiences in, in publishing and generally uh, myself as a writer going out there and submitting things, they can bring up lots of ideas and lots of topics that I want to talk about because now I have a, a bit of a you know a platform where I can you know I can expose on those a little bit more. And in, in case you haven't noticed, there are certainly uh, times where I can go further than, a, than an essay about something in writing with a show. It has more impact. I hear more people from it. It, it has a better chance of, 
uh, of reaching a, a bigger audience. You know, but at the same point, there are times where I know that something is just simply needs to be staying written, and then there's other times where I know that it's better off as a podcast. You could just tell because, you know, the podcast it lets you add a lot of different intersections into things. You could become multidisciplined in it, in, in even in 60 minutes. Sometimes you can get in things that you never could get into a writing piece because it tends to be more formal and you only can get so far with it. You can't throw a joke in there, be lighthearted here and there or whatever. It's much harder to do without throwing somebody off or they think you're, you know, um, experimenting with them or something. You could do that more with the show because it's live. I know even though it's recorded, it's still live that when I'm doing it, you know, and, and, and I'll go, I don't have a, a formal you know, a uh, plan from beginning to end of how the show is going to go. I know generally the things I want to talk about, sometimes like these questions that helps drive it a little bit, kind of gives it a sort of a, you know, informal structure, if you want to call that a, a weird, you know, oxymoron there. But um, underneath it all, the ideas are coming from, from the writing in general. Sometimes it'll come from conversations I have with people. I'm like, hey, I should try to look into that. We've had a few writers and a few friends say what do you think about this or what about that and i've done some shows based on that sometimes of course you know we've had some shows on writers well these are people i appreciate a lot or in the case of uh, the charles bukowski um, episode we're going to be uh, releasing here in a couple of weeks people that I, i'm intrigued by and interested in and, and 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 of course an amazement about the people's devotion and, and and some of the impact that the man has had even though he's not in my you know, top 10 list, so to speak, of writers, it doesn't mean that, you know, I don't care about what he was trying to do and, and the impact that he did have. So there's somebody, that, again, that, that makes a terribly interesting episode. Why not? So that that's a, that's a good place for an idea right there, of course. You know, and then occasionally I, I have some shows that that might be more of a, of a personal nature in, in the sense of some things I want to bring about. You know, like uh, people writing horrible, horrible bios and sending in, you know, ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, pieces of work or, 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 or folks that, you know, they just get on your, they get on your nerves because, you know, they want all this gratitude and they want all this respect and they want all this acclaim. And I'm more than happy to give that to writers because I'm a writer myself. Uh, I just remind people it's a two-way street. So sometimes it could be unnerving. Sometimes you could just feel like, what the hell am I doing? I mean, they got some folks here, they don't even care. You know, because it's a two-way street, folks. We expect to respect as well. Now, it's a different position as a podcaster or a broadcaster, whatever you want to call that. Quite frankly, I haven't even figured out what I am yet, okay, to be honest with you. When I'm out in the podcasting world talking to odd podcasting people, you know, we're going to call ourselves broadcasters. Whether this is akin to radio or not, I don't really know. I feel in many ways it is. I'm using similar equipment. I'm certainly putting out a, 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 the same kind of input as a radio show, uh, especially most radio shows are not daily. They can often be weekly or maybe even bi-weekly, so I'm definitely fitting a schedule along that line, you know, and, and lots of people are hearing it. And in fact, uh, uh, people from all different parts of the world right now. Right now, we have 27 countries that are listening to this show. Now, I know there's like 150 out there, but hey, it's a start. And it's more than a radio show can get because, you know, you're only as good as that signal and how far it can go. You know, you're in a regional or local area. Your signal is not going farther than, than you know, than a couple of towns away maybe. You know, and, and there's some places you're going to be able to get in certain countries and not the rest of the world. So um, 
in many instances, the platform uh, uh, and uh, of the podcasting and the platforms that it's on around the world get you all over the place. There's nobody out there that doesn't have an internet signal. They can't get something from you, no matter where they're at, what island they're at, what continent they're at, whatever. Technically, you could be in space and listen to the show. I got internet in space too, by the way. But I'm not really sure if they're interested in hearing literary stuff. They probably want to hear something that... Maybe it's a little bit more akin to uh, uh, less academic thinking because there's a lot of stuff they got to do up there. But hey. So, yeah, I, I, we're not really sure about what to call ourselves sometimes, you know. I still feel I'm, uh, I'm just uh, a host of a show that I still own and still produce, you know. But nevertheless, you know, I, I look more uh, as myself as an artist that's a host rather than, you know, some big broadcaster out there trying to be Mickey Mantle or something like that on the radio. I just don't think that that way. All right, now. One of the last questions on this that I got, and I saved it for last only because it has an unusual, um, <laughs> unusual tone to it. And, and we've talked about this before on the show and my general philosophy of not believing in perfection and, and how I, I find it to be uh, uh, ultimately... Um, Unhuman. I don't like to use inhuman, but definitely just non-human-like. It's not a smart thing. One of the beauties of, of humanity is its imperfection. It gives us a lot of time and room to grow and to strive for things rather than have everything, you know, handed to us or, you know, get stuck with the extremes of religion and the extremes of science where, you know, it's trying to make us something that we're not. One is trying to make us a superhuman and almost robotic and the other one's trying to make it supernatural again nothing that's flesh oriented nothing that's uh you know in the realm of imperfection because he wants to push us so another another uh you know state of being something closer to perfection or not or just to perfection just not a believer in that and i i use that philosophy to create the show strength to be human it's part of the my philosophy of that essay it's also my life philosophy on how i go about everything it's simply don't believe in it. I'm always suspicious of it, and I don't I don't like dealing with it. So I don't actually ever pursue it. So when I get a question like this, they obviously don't have read uh, enough of my work or, or listened to enough of the show, and that's and that's fine. Okay, I, I don't want to be critical, but your show, while informative, lacks the polish of many of the shows I listen to. Unquote. So. I'm actually not going to take that as some kind of an insult because uh, not only as the host, I'm, I'm also have the job as a producer of the show. So I've had to learn technically uh, how to put this show together. And again, the same way I go about it creatively on the show, the same way I go about it you know, production-wise on the show. I learned what I needed to know to get the show across, to make it something that's uh, you know plausible and, 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 and passable and producible and, and something that's going to sound well enough to get across the message that I'm, that I'm trying to do. Uh, not too many bells and whistles. This is all true. Sometimes on the interviews, I have to remix it a few times because you know we'll have some technical difficulties, weather issues, ticks on the internet. Sometimes a person's voice in the interview is slightly lower than mine's. I'm learning how to do more on the equalization of that. You know, and it takes a while to figure out what the, what the proper balance is on the equipment, the shows I use, the various programs to, to help me put everything together. So it's still a learning curve. But in the end, no matter how much I learned and no matter how much I might be able to improve on it, 
I'm not striving to be a polished show. I'm not striving to be perfect. Don't care for those goals. Part of my idea of having an authentic show, something that's original and something that's that's from me, from my heart, from my soul, is to have shows that is to have a show where I'm gonna make some mistakes. I'm gonna say things maybe out of turn. I might say things out of line. <laughs> I might even say things that can see jumbled every so often. It's gonna happen. I'm human. I'm putting together the show based on the outline and a few notes. So that's how it's gonna be. I'm not going to do it from a script. I'm not going to do it in some phony way. I'm not going to try to sound artificially perfect or, or, or to make all these devices on the show to make it sound more pleasurable to people or make it so more pleasant. Not interested in doing that. So that person, they're either going to get used to the way I put together the show because it's going to be the same way every time. Because other than the professional parts of the show in the beginning and the end, which I have somebody else do for me, that's all it's ever going to be. And it's me in the middle which is about 58 minutes the rest of the show, okay? That's not going to change. So you're going to either get used to that, understand what I'm trying to do, you know, and, and allow that to be part of you, or you could just go for those those super polished, fancy shows where everybody is trying to to be perfect and, and trying to be, uh, you know, everybody's friend and, and trying to be happy on every single thing in the world and... In the end, I don't know what you have other than, you know, mostly a, a, a piece of artificial phony work that sounds wonderful. Well, we got politicians that do that on a daily basis. But if that's what you want, you know, in a podcast, uh, there's plenty of those out there. You can go and, and check those out. It doesn't bother me at all. Every show is not going to be for everyone. I'm not for those shows. Maybe the people who listen to those shows, this is not for them. And that's okay. Nothing to take a offense about. I'm just being straight and honest with you about it. And that's how I approach it. That's how I'm going to continue to approach it. We've had a couple, you know, nicks and, and, and cuts on the show every so often. Things do happen. But for the most part, I feel very comfortable with the catalog that it could be listened to and, and, and people would not have a problem with that. I've gotten very few comments about that. And the ones I did, we had a couple of show issues and I was able to correct it and, and fix it. Every so often, something's going to happen. But. For the most part, I've been happy the way it's been produced, and I don't really have a, a, a great, uh, you know, desire to become some audio producer. I do it because it's necessary for the show. Believe me, if I can have somebody else do it, I would. But again, I don't want this show mixed to the point of it trying to be some some perfect blend of everything. I'm just not interested in that. Just let it be the way it is. That's that's another stamp of my own belief in being authentic and, and, and trying to be as, as best as possible candid and truthful about what I know, you know, what I think, what I see, you know, what I what I understand. So hopefully that helps answer your question. Although from the gist of it, it's probably not really going to satisfy you. But hey, it's not going to be for everyone. <laughs> now, one of the, 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 the one of the things I really like about the podcast in general versus writing is it really does allow me to um, to talk about artistic comments and, 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 and thoughts and ideas and policies and all the things that are out there that you normally can't formally do in writing so easily. Because, you know, in, in a podcast, you can get across a couple of thoughts in just a moment or two where you can't do that in writing. You can't write a one paragraph and get it published out there. This is my statement on this. It won't work that way. You have to have something real. 
Even poems can't be that short. Certainly you can't have a micro-essay that has two paragraphs in it. That's, that's beyond micro. Right? That's like <laughs> miniature, you know? So it's another great way to be able to string a lot of interesting things together that normally you wouldn't be able to write so formally. And that, that's another excellent thing about, uh, about the podcast. You can still get across a number of artistic and literary ideas and thoughts and talk about things that you normally wouldn't be able to do in writing. So it, it really gives me an, another way to, uh, in another direction to do something that I, I wouldn't normally be able to do without having to just think and formally put out together something that I don't even know how successful it could be at sometimes. You know, I put an entire book together on writing. You know, and, and I don't know how, but it became one of the better sellers of my books, which is still amazing to this day. Because you would think, like, really? But it did, and I'm glad. Uh, but I, I don't know how much that reaches everybody. And I don't know how much, uh, it, quite frankly, you know, it hits the target I want to. There's times, though, I don't know, maybe it's an emotional response, okay? I'm, I remember, I am human here. But uh, there's times I've had shows where I, I felt it hit everything I wanted to hit. And I've times, plenty of times, and you probably felt them as well, too, where you've written something down, and you might be written it a couple of times, and you're like, yeah, I, I'm, this is passable enough for me. I can go send it out, but I don't know if it hits everything still. Some people will hold on to that longer, thinking something will happen. Other people are like, I've done enough with it. And I agree with you. There's a point where you, you pass the fifth draft. God, it, it, put it away then or, or just let it out there. Because there's a point where you have to just let something grow up and see what's going to happen. Like children, you know? So, um, and I've had those times too. And I, I know many of other writers as well too. You know, I've had less of them with podcasting. Oftentimes I, I do a show that I formulated. I, I wrote down some of the outlines, some of the thoughts. And I even, it even came out better than I thought on paper. Because you add stuff to the show that you didn't realize you were even going to add. Uh, that's one of the things I like about it podcasting especially is that happens in writing don't don't get me don't don't get me wrong it doesn't like it doesn't happen because it does that's just you know the creative follow-through and but oftentimes in writing the stuff that gets added the, the stuff that you didn't expect comes on the rewrite or the second rewrite or the third rewrite or whatever all the revision that's other stuff comes out you don't have the same thing in the podcast. There's not a bunch of revisions over here. I'm not cutting and, and, and stopping. Oh, let me get this thought in there. I'm going to try tomorrow. I'll try it. No, it's all done in one shot, by the way. You know, when I when I record this, I'm sitting down and it's getting done. <laughs> I don't stop <laughs> for anything, including the bathroom. I really don't. And I don't, um, you know, edit out this and add that and this and that. And all. Psst, again, I'm not a politician, okay? I'm just a writer. All right? I'm not going to play those kind of games. So I do it all through. And either it's going to work the show or it's not. But as long as I feel that it, it, it's, it's comprehensive, some of the things I want to say, as long as I feel it's cohesive enough, as long as I feel I'm getting a, a communication out there, as long as I feel it, it sounds at least professional enough to go out there, I'm going to put it out there. I, I've had few questions of any of that. And I'm happy about that. Not because I think I'm brilliant or but because I'm some kind of a you know, incredible podcaster, broadcaster, host, or whatever the hell you want to call that, uh, just because I ran through what I wanted to run through, and that's that. So some of it's going to hit, and some of it's not. I mean, I can tell from the numbers, folks. So I can tell what episode is more successful than the other ones. There's reasons for that, and they have nothing to do with, you know, um, whether I produced this better than the other thing, or 
whether there was a holiday was coming up or COVID took your attention, whatever, it has entirely to do about what I'm talking about. Some things are going to be more popular than others. That's just the, that's just the truth. You know, if I talk about depression, or I talk about mental illness, I talk about therapy and stuff like that on those kind of shows. I mean, those shows, they, they, they just seem like they never stop hitting the roof <laughs> on people listening to them. The numbers just go like outrageous. If I was doing this on a, you know, a purely strictly commercial or even political type of basis, I, I probably would want to do a show like that once a week <laughs> just for the numbers sake. But, you know, I only do what I do because this is what I'm interested in at that time. And that's another good thing. You can let the mood strike you. And, you know, you saw that I put together uh, at least half of the month already. Some of those shows, you know, uh, have been recorded already. Some of them have just been outlined. Some of them I have yet to, uh, you know, to record. Some I, I'm doing like right now. I'm recording it. doesn't even, it doesn't mean it's even, even in the same order. I just do that as well. You know, when I when I feel that this is time for me to talk about this, I just try to make sure it fits into that schedule, of course, because I'm not going to put it out there and, and just not do it. It's going to get done, and it's going to get done pretty much on the dates we're talking about. I, I try to be as strict as that as possible, but never in, in the end, though, I'm comfortable with what things I put down. And that's another, I, I find, a more exciting element of, of, of podcasting versus uh, writing is is that I mean unless you're writing novels with these characters that take you someplace podcasting is one of those places that can take you someplace without you even realizing I could go to other things I haven't thought of before things that come to my mind that it was not in the outline things that change just by speaking through the show it happens and, and I hope that it happens for the best I hope it had adds some more you know light versus you know flame on something because God knows we need more light these days versus another fire. Because I think we've already had too many of them, really. Uh, but in the same in the same respect, um, it really allows you to get certain things across on an artistic or maybe even on a, on, a, on a personal basis about something or somebody that it's much harder to do in, in writing, no matter how good of a writer you might be. Because you know, in in the podcasting, you can. You can inflect certain tones, even on purpose, if you have to. You can, you know, stress certain things and, and, and not. You could lower your voice. You can bring your voice down low. You can make it high. You can, you know, yell if you want. You can you can throw a joke in there that normally wouldn't work too well in something. It's just so many different things you can do. It allows you to be really versatile. It really allows you to be, you know, uh, diverse in many areas. And it, it allows you definitely to be multi multi-dimensional if not multi-functional or even multi-disciplined i mean it really does allow a lot of things to come in there and you hope that something along that line that you're trying to get across is going to stick with somebody because not all of it is going to i mean people uh when they listen to the show and sometimes they comment back or even write me back you could tell that there's certain things that grab people versus other things that don't well, guess what? I don't really know what those are. Okay, I'm not a, I'm not Nostradamus over here. I can't predict how well the show is going to do or what point in the show that's going to grab somebody versus another. I honestly don't know most of the times, and and you know, and and without to sound like a jerk or anything, I can't really worry about caring about that either. All I can do is put out what I honestly feel is correct, what I feel could be useful, what I feel might help that point, and that's all I really can do. I I can't really worry about that. In fact, more times than not. I close it up and I go have a soda or maybe go check out a show, 
You know what I mean? Or, or maybe I'm going back to writing, which sometimes happens too. Or uh, uh, go play with the cats. You know, take the dog out for the 18th time he has to pee today. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with these dogs. They pee too much, you know. And that's it. I mean, I'm not over here weighing all this stuff. Oh, what's going to happen? You know, all I really do is a quality control check to make sure the show sounds like it's okay. It sounds good volume. Doesn't sound crazy or nothing like that. And, and release it. That's all I do. I mean, it's nothing more beyond that. I don't really weigh all this stuff. I wonder how. I wait for the email to come in. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I got shows that I never got one response. I have no idea. Did it fall flat? Nobody care? Was it boring? Hell if I know. Don't really know. It happens though. I haven't had that many of them, thank God, so I don't have to worry too much. But I've had that before. So you have to you have to look at that and say, well, <laughs> guess it didn't work. Yeah, you're gonna have those, and it's okay. Maybe maybe that's my form of rejection on the show when people just not getting back to me about something. Oh well. You can't really worry about that. There's so many other things to talk about and I feel that the list can be endless. I really do. So I don't have any problem worrying about what the next show is going to be or how I'm going to handle it or, or whatever, you know. And I'm certainly over worrying about, you know, my voice sounding unusual. I mentioned the story a few times and it definitely bears repeating in the particular context of this show you know where you had folks that um from the network and even a few other folks i knew like mark huh you you, you sound like a, a new jersey mafia guy you know because that's not racist thanks uh, but people would say that well mark you know um your accent doesn't really lend to a literary sense really i sound like i'm dumb that's great people from new jersey can't write I have you know that many, many, many artistic people came out of New Jersey, and and still uh, still are, okay. And God knows uh, the the uh, the Italian uh, culture has added an enormous amount of arts to the planet, from one end to the other. So um, I I feel I'm in good hands, okay. Now does this mean that, you know, I sound professorial? No, I don't, and I don't want to either. By the way, okay. I got nothing against professors. I just want to be me. And I'm not a professor, so I'm happy being me, all right? That means I'm still a guy, you know, from from the neighborhood, so to speak. Yeah, I went to college. Yeah, I went to the service. Yeah, I went to war. Yeah, I traveled the world. Yeah, I've written a number of books. Yeah, I got a show. I got a magazine. I got a publishing company. Okay, I'm not allowed to do all this stuff? I'm just supposed to be confined to some neighborhood in New Jersey? Boxing or killing people in, the, in a mafia member or something? This is all my life? When, when we're the descendants of the Roman Empire and and, and Marconi and, and Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and Raphael and I can name a thousand more. You all know the names. So uh, it makes no sense that you allow people to restrict you. And I, I won't do that. I don't do that in anything in my life. I certainly won't do that in the show. You know, and I just made sure, though, that when I had a call... Those folks bluff. I made sure I had the goods. Here's 10 shows I've recorded already. Yeah, I figured it out. Go check them out. Tell me what you think. Maybe I'll fail just like the show before me, like you think. But I'm ready to go, and I don't know what you have to lose. And the rest is history, so to speak. On the 143rd episode here. These people didn't think I'd last to eight. Which is kind of dumb to say that to me because I already gave you 10 episodes. So if I'm going to fail, <laughs> I'm going to fail at 10. I wasn't going to fail at 8, right? 
So I don't know. Folks don't even know how to do math, let alone, uh, you know, wonder about people. But here we go. And it's a lesson for you. I don't care who you are, okay? What religion you are, where you're coming from, whatever, okay? That's the lesson for you to not let somebody take you down the notch because either, you know, they think you're supposed to only follow their path to success, which, by the way, we're going to talk about that on, on my show about um, uh, the value of writing coaches and courses. So you'll learn about how some of that's useful and other times that's just not helpful at all because some of those things happen like I'm talking about right now. But you don't want to let anyone do that. You do not want to. Don't fall for that nonsense. I know that writing can be difficult. I know the arts can be challenging. I understand that the literary pastime itself is filled with all kinds of fear and doubt at times. But it doesn't mean that you need to listen to those folks. You know, I, I always laugh to myself privately. I'm like, if I'm going to make somebody afraid, I'll make myself afraid. I'm not going to get the fear from a stranger or from some, some idiot that don't even know what the hell they're talking about. I'll scare myself then. At least I trust myself more than, than some of these fools over here talking nonsense. You couldn't say that about anybody else without being called racist or, you know, exclusionary or prejudiced. But you're going to say that about me? Because right, you saw a Rocky movie? Or you, you caught the, you know, the Godfather for the umpteen time on reruns on a cable show? Big deal. That's not my life. Don't know anything about those people. Don't know anything about doing boxing. I watch the boxing show every so often. That's about it. Yeah, I saw the Rocky movie just like you. Okay? I'm not built like that. I actually have an education. I've actually traveled the world. I'm not screaming Adrian and all that other nonsense. Okay? And neither are you. And the stereotypes that people are going to say about you. You don't adhere to them. You don't follow them. So why even believe them? Why even let them take you anywhere other than just tell them to go to heck and, and, and move on? That's what I did. Worked out for me. It always worked out for me. Because in the end, those people are bullies. You punch them in the nose and you move on. They won't be coming back. I don't have any complaints about this show. From the network. All I hear now is, Wow, you exceeded this. Wow, you exceeded that. Wow, you've done this. Wow, you've done that. I, I'm, not, I'm not somebody that's immodest uh, at all. And I'm not somebody that, that, that's falsely you know, modest. But I'll tell you this. I have a problem even being impressed with that because, quite frankly, they, they had the bar so damn low. Uh, yeah, of course I exceeded your expectations. You didn't have any. <laughs> so I can't even be too impressed with your compliments because I don't even know if they're a damn compliment or you're just shocked that I actually did something. We actually have people listening from around the world. We actually have folks responding. How hard can that be? If you just get out here, just like writing, get out there and do it. And practice at it. Try to get better at it. I'm hoping that I'm, you know, at 143, I'm better than I was on the first episode. My son listened to it and he said, I think you are, Daddy. I think that uh, you sound more confident and you sound more uh, more forceful and you, and you sound more like uh, you're really taking command of the show. These are some of the things he said. He's 14. I'll take what he has to say seriously because he can listen to the shows on, on his own little portable thing and Hey, I learned this, or hey, I remember that, or what about this? And it's kind of neat to hear that from my son. And I'm not even asking him to do it. He did that on his own. But it's good to know that I, he might have felt that I, I've leaped up in terms of doing it better. But yeah, why would I not? I mean, it, you, it, whenever you continue to practice on something, you're going to get better. 
That's just life in general. That's what I preach all the time about the arts and, and, and about writing in general. Writing is not about you sitting at that table and finishing that poem. That's not really writing. That's just the beginning. Writing is the rewriting. And the rewriting after that. And the altering of this and checking out that. That's what writing is. The continued process of it all. Uh, and in many ways that's how the show is. It's just that you have to approach it differently. You, you can't piece it together in 20 different ways just to make one show happen. You just, I, just, I just run through it and, and do the best I can. And, and hope that next time when I have another show, you know, I've learned something. I always listen to their shows before I actually release them myself. Always. I've listened to every one of my shows to hear there's something maybe I can do better. You know, or, or maybe there's some way I can say something, you know, differently. And I, and I try to remember that and do that. It doesn't always work because, again, I'm not perfect. But I like to try to improve whenever I can. And I don't think anything's wrong with improving. I'm just trying not to be perfect. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, some kind of, a, you know, Italian robot over here. And I'm certainly not trying to sound like, you know, some genius writer. I'm just trying to sound like who you are person that just wants to get something done in, in the arts something that wants to get something writing they want to leave something behind they want to be able to get some of their their message out or some of their identity out some of their life story out some of the things about who they are or maybe they're just a person like I am in many instances somebody that just wants to make sure that whatever happens you know that month at least uh, my voice has been out there trying to say this or to try to say that to try to you know, make sure that we reinforce this or we make sure that we counter that so that the arts is not under a attack or the arts is not something that's a, a second thought for people or, or that doesn't get lost, to, you know, in between Netflix and Hulu or something, but rather stands on its own. Because guess what? We've been here before Netflix and Hulu, and I guarantee you when those people fade away one day, we'll still be here. Okay, when people are messing with themselves on Mars, we're going to still be over here talking about these things. You know, I don't know if literature is timeless. I don't know. But I like to believe that it's going to have a lot longer uh, of a life than a lot of the stuff we've seen over this in the last 40 or 50 years that seem to seem to have got our attention. You know, whether it's the movie theater that's dying fast and probably in the next 20 years won't even be around anymore. Or it's cable that's literally slipping away to the, to, the, to the streaming things. Or it's the satellites falling out of the sky and we won't even have that anymore as a, a means of, of, uh, of communication and, and television. Um, we're still going to be here. You're still going to have that kid on the corner somewhere jotting down a poem. Maybe he just got his nose bloodied from a fight that he could have never won in the first place. And this is the way he feels he can stand. Until he can figure out a way to stop getting hit or stop getting abused or stop getting a, a note, unnoticed or stop getting ignored. Maybe this is what he's doing. Maybe there are people out there right now that are 55 years old thinking the same way or feeling the same way. That's who we're here for. That's why we do this. And that's why we should always make sure we do our best to try to reach out to other writers. One of the, one of the I feel one of the gravest sins for artistic people is, is feeling that we're in competition with each other and we have to be nasty and we have to uh, be rude and we have to ignore people. We don't have to help them. We don't have to share anything with them. That happens way too often. I've written about it. I've talked about it. It's still going to be one of those recurring things for me on this show. 
I'm going to talk about recurring themes about depression and what we could do to try to fight that. I'm going to talk about the recurring themes of what we do from writers that should be helping each other. They should be cooperating with each other. They should share information, techniques, rituals, markets, whatever the hell you have. You should be sharing that. That's how we get improved in many ways. Rather than everybody just trying to be in their own corner somewhere. Not a good idea. Okay, You can't talk about how the world is supposed to be better if you're acting like a, a selfish fool. So consider that, please. Because it doesn't make any sense then. You know? I hear people lament all the time. Oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. Ask them a couple of questions. You'll be shocked. Have you helped any writers lately? Oh, no, man. I don't, I don't do that. I don't know. Did you, did you donate your time at, uh, at the Humane Society? No, no. Man. I'm kind of busy for that. You know? Um, do you actually know somebody that doesn't look like you that you actually have a friend in your life with? Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, just my neighborhood's my neighborhood, man. Here you go. You don't take many questions over here. You, you find uh, the answers you're not going to want to hear. All right, so let, let's try to keep that in mind before we, uh, we're we preaching to people and not practicing stuff. We're lecturing to people and we're not doing anything about that. I'm being told about the the whale and the spot of aloe and everything, and I got people that are not even doing anything about animals in their own life. But they got no problem giving me an essay uh, or giving me a whole sermon on, you know the Japanese are killing all the whales, Mark? Really? When was the last time you were in Japan? Oh, I was never in Japan. Uh, you doing anything about animals? No. Did you donate anything to save a whale? No. But you got me a whole essay on this, huh? Okay. Thanks. I'm not suggesting to anyone here that you need to live every single thing that you write. But it, God knows, knows it would actually be helpful sometimes. Especially when it, it, it doesn't seem like an artistic piece. It just seems like a, another, another, another sermon. We don't really need any more sermons in the world. We need people actually practicing some of this stuff. Not talking about it all day long. And that's why I like when I do the show, and I feel the best about the show, is because I know that everything I talk about is everything I walk. And whatever I talk, I walk. I do. You see it all the time. And you, you know that it's true. So I don't have to worry about that. I ask a lot of folks out there, though, come please consider doing that. Because <laughs> it would not only make the world better, it's going to make you better, and in many ways, it'll make you a better artist to get more involved. Rather than sit there, watch a TV show or something, or read a, an article from somebody, and, and now suddenly you're on, you're on some villagent tangent over here about something. All right? If it's going to spark something in you, which sometimes good writing should do, go on and do something then. Go make the world better. I really don't think it's that difficult. God knows I've done plenty of it and I'll continue to do plenty of it. You don't have to even do it throughout the planet. You could just do it in your home community and already you're making the world better because you're making your community better. Whether you're going out there and picking up some trash on the, on the highway because you're just tired of seeing it littered every damn where. Which I've done a few times because I'm just sick of seeing it. What the hell are people throwing stuff out the window for? Literally, $300 fine. Yeah, okay. You got to catch the person first, please. What the hell's the point of making the law? You're not doing anything about it. So we got to go out there and clean it up. Or bring the shelter, you know, some, some clothing or, or, or some stuff for, for women who are being abused. And drop it off. You don't even have to even say hello to anybody. You can still do something that's going to help change somebody. Or drop off some food for the, for the Humane Society when they start running out. Which happens. Animals. 
you might never meet. You've done something to help save them. There you go. We got to do more than just talk. And we got to do more than sometimes just to write. Those are good starting points, don't get me wrong. But if we do want to uh, have something better in the world, something better for our family, or at least show us in our, in our family where to go, well, we, we have to sometimes, we have to be the leader, as difficult as that can be. And I, I think right now, especially in America, where we seem to be looking for leaders or even leadership, we seem to forget that instead of looking for leaders, why don't we just start becoming one ourselves? Taking a task and go out and try to get it done. Who says that won't have more of an impact? To keep waiting around for somebody that disappoints us. Keep say, oh, waiting around for somebody that the 10 things we want to get done, we're lucky we're going to get two of them done. And then somehow we're grateful. Wow, he was great. He got those two done. Yeah, what about the other eight? Sometimes we got to carry the own mantle. Whether it's writing in the whole independent writing thing. Because I really believe in self-publishing. I do believe in independent writing, independent publishing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's noble. It's honorable. That's another way of taking leadership. Rather waiting for some silly publisher to finally notice you. Why don't you notice yourself first? They'll eventually notice you. Lots of people do that. So let's keep that in mind, folks. Let's try to be more real and less political. Let's try to have more action and less words. And let's try to improve the world instead of just sitting there criticizing about all the things it lacks. What about the things it doesn't lack? The wonderful people that are out there that we meet and talk to all the time. The wonderful people that in many instances we can be we are at times, or we can be again, if we just try to remind ourselves and not let ourselves drift off in, into cynicism or, or into despair, or even sometimes into various modes of depression. I hear that a lot from people. Mark, it's hard to be happy when it looks like the world all around me is crashing down. Yeah, I understand that, and I could certainly relate. But you could start picking up the pieces. Uh, just maybe they have to be one at a time. Maybe you don't stress yourself up by thinking you're going to pick all of them up. Maybe you just deal with one at a time. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's not a bad way to go. Because at least you're moving forward. Alright folks, until next time and until next episode, I wanted to thank you for this uh, unique show. Trying to do something about uh, how we put together podcasts, how it might relate to the world, how it might relate to our own creative endeavors, even if we don't do podcasting. Maybe it gives you a different perspective on things as we're talking about it. Maybe it goes over your head and you're waiting for the next episode. That's fine, too. Uh, art of this broadcast, okay? Art of this podcast, the behind uh, the scenes of the of the broadcast. All right? Episode 143. This is Strength to be Human. I'm Mark Anthony Rossi, your host. Good night. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.